You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Welcome, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And, uh, you know, we're starting the show with uh, some news here that is just disheartening for so many in the community. Uh, and, of course, that is about the uh, heinous killing and murder of Devon Pickett last night. Such a main pillar in our community. You know, uh, Converge and the Devon and, and Kiana Pickett family, we go back. Uh, we have known about their brilliance for a very long time and always wanted to shine a light on it here um, on Converge Media. And I want to start this show today sending love to their family. But we're, we went into the archives a bit to showcase, uh, you know, Devon as he was in our very first studio and hear from him, you know, why starting the postman was so important. So the postman, uh, it, we, we created in loving memory of my great grandfather, Jacques Chappelle. Uh, he lived to be 98 years old. He passed away the year we opened, uh, prior to us opening, but he passed away, um, was struggling from dementia, but we thought it would be really nice for us to open this store, uh, in loving memory of him, um, too, because, one is because he was a postman for 37 years in the central district um already had like that story going for him and then uh two it was something that we really wanted to like uh, create legacy and just build on legacy because my grandfather uh raised five generations off of uh, 35th and olive in the cd so including me my mom my grandma and so on and so forth so um it was one of those things where it was very important to create something that was going to last and be a staple in the CD, something that like, um, you know, was was commendable on, on all playing fields from the street people all the way up to like corporate. Um, just being able to be like, that's a real solid move. And to this point, it's been very successful. Wow. Again, sending so much love to you, Kiana, to the entire family, to his kids, uh, to the whole CD Panther family. He was a main uh, coach there. I know my son was feeling it yesterday. We had a, a discussion uh, about his interactions with him. He's like, oh, man, you know, that's one of my coaches, mom. I said, I know. Uh, so this is something that I know has rippling effects for so many in community as, you know, he was uh, born and raised in the Central District right here. So, so many people know know him and his family and from uh, me right here on the day with Trey to all of you out there that knew Devon that experienced his brightness and community his dedication to the next generations you know his dedication to the postman creating jobs for folks here I just send a huge huge uh, light and love to all of you just know that we are here with you um, and anything you need please make sure you email me trae at where we come Converge.com. Um, I'm here for you guys. I know the whole Converge family is here for you all. Um, of course, you guys, we, we definitely have a show for you today as well. Uh, joining me is Sahar Amini. She's going to be telling us about the protest movement that's going on in Iran. It is um, in, you know, 
always some things that are hitting us here at home. So I'm so glad that she was able to join us today so we could hear more about some of the details and how activism and community organizing is working here to really uplift what's going on there. And of course, it's another Think It Through Thursday. So that means Curtis Calhoun is in the building, our resident life coach, here to give us another real life or tip later on in the show. So I'm excited that I'll be able to dive in with him. But of course, this is also the top of the show. So it's a great time for you to tag and share the stream. Please tag and share this stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you can't watch us, you can also listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me there. Huge shout out to all of the supporters, listeners on the podcast, people sharing the stream, tagging people. Um, I'm hearing from people in other cities across the country like, hey, yo, you know, y'all are doing some great work up there in terms of Black community. I was tapping in here from Detroit. I'm telling you, it's been amazing to hear the stories kind of pouring in as people really have been seeing value in what we're doing here on The Day with Trey and at Converge Media in the Black Media Matter studio. So huge shout out to all of you out there for sharing uh, and for helping to spread the great work that we're doing here. But of course, I get to talk to Sahar Amini about some great work that she's also doing right here. Hi, Sahar. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when we talk about protests going on in other parts of the world, it really takes folks like you to bring it to our doors to help us understand some of the commonalities here. What are some of the things that are going on? What is this protest all about? But what's happening in Iran is that that turned on to becoming a revolution and a demand for a complete overturn of the government and overthrow of the government and a new leadership. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's been happening. And it, their problem is not only the covering of women anymore. It's not women's rights anymore because there's so many other things that have come uh, to light as a result of the mismanagement of the country, right? There's economic um, problems, there's social problems, and you know, so all of these have come together. And now the difference is that there is young people and older people, and there is high school children and rich and poor, and from, you know, all backgrounds, people are united, women and men. Men are like, we don't want our wives, our sisters, our mothers treated the way you're treating them, right? So the unity that's uh, come together is amazing to see. You know, this, I mean, I'm, I'm getting chills just listening to this because, you know, we have seen a lot of kind of uprisings in the last few years globally, right? Mm -hmm. Outside of uh, George Floyd before that, I remember seeing, you know, uh, a lot of things happening over in, you know, Asia, right? Where just like massive amounts of people were like, you know what? No, this system is not working for us. And it's not working for so many of us that we now have to come together to rise up against this. But this is really, I think, impactful in terms of Iran's history, tell us about your personal connection to what's going on right there and why you take on the role to make sure we know what's going on here and we are connected to that. Thank you. Yeah, well, I have been active uh, 
since I moved here. I'm originally from Iran. I grew up there. I was arrested there by the morality police for having my ear out, for having too dark of a lipstick or too dark of a nail polish or being home around men. So if you were in Iran, because he's there in the background right now, police could just come in and take us all and I would get, for example, 60 lashes, which is what I was sentenced to back in, back in Iran. And he would get 30 lashes and he would have his hair shit, like shaved by the government. And so these are things that people are just done with. And, um, it is personal to me because both of my personal background and my experience myself, also because I think that I can do something about it. I have been meeting with our elected officials and to advocate for the work, uh, for the voice of the Iranians and to send a message that what they're, you know, demanding. Because when I came here, as you said, there was some protests in the past. In 2019, 2009, I was a teenager. I, I had just become a teenager. I was out there in the green movement protests. And I remember all we were hoping for was that America does something, right? Because it's their interest as well. This is, Iran is a bad actor right now and we don't need uh, bad actors in the Middle East in, um, any more than we already do. So, um, and then I come here now that I'm active, I see organizations like Nayak, who has a reputation to be the lobbyists of the Islamic regime here at home, here in America, um, spreading misinformation, for example, saying, you know, Iranian people don't want anything to do with America, leave them alone, let them do their, I'm like, how dare you speak on my behalf? I was, you know, 15 fighting on the streets, hoping Barack Obama would say something, hoping President Obama would do something. And I see and come see these misinformation about the Iranian people that, oh, the hijab is the uh, culture of the Iranians, right? We've seen over the past month or so that that's not true. Everybody's coming out and it's not about the hijab anymore. Like people aren't asking Muslim women who believe they should be wearing hijab and they choose to, they shouldn't be taking off their hijab. It's not about Islam. It's not about religion. It's about the fact that you have a choice to make whether or not to wear a headscarf over your head or not, right? So seeing the misinformation that's been spread as a woman who's immigrated and who's gone through so much, um, you know, here in America and back home, I just really, it breaks my heart to see organizations like National Iranian American Council, um, have the audacity to speak on our behalf. So it's important that we give the voice of the Iranian people and send the message what they're asking for. Yeah, you know, this is really, really deep too, Sahar. I mean, you're talking about the fact that right here on our shores, we have a bunch of misinformation that's being spread purposefully to really try to wield the um, ideology of Americans with regard to uh, Iranians, right? And that right there, it, it's like people like you coming on and say, no, I am from there. My people are saying we no longer want all of this. I'm telling you, 
you, there's such a veil that comes over our eyes in terms of what we experience here in America, oftentimes because of things like misinformation and disinformation. And we talked about that uh, throughout the Trump you know, administration. We saw so much of that just being proliferated through, you know, social media, through mainstream media. Uh, you know, people were trying to call it out. Uh, you know, this idea of like fake news really, you know, uh, resulting in, you know, the insurrection that we experienced in January on January 6th. I mean, these right here are the topics that need to be discussed people to people so that we can break that uh, ideology that we've been like fed for so many years. So I really appreciate you really, you know, shining a light on that, making sure people understand, you know, that's what these protests are about. There's a lot of folks, you said rich and poor men and women, which I think uh, some folks had an understanding that, oh, you know, this is, you know, women only, right? Like the men love it the way that it is. But you're saying that's not the case. People are really fed up with this this oppressiveness that, you know, really has permeated the culture. I'm sure uh, you as a, a person grew up there, you experienced it for so long. As a teenager, you finally just got on the streets and said no more. Um, what, what do you think people can do here to really be connected to uh, this protest movement there and be connected to what the people really want? Um, first of all, I want to say thank you for mentioning the misinformation and the power of spreading misinformation and disinformation, right? And imagine how effective that was during the Trump era and how much more effective it can be when, for example, Americans don't understand the nuances of the Iranian culture and know the background and know the people and know what's happening in there, yeah. right? Iran is larger than Alaska, 80 million people, and it's not easy to get data from that country. Plus, many people are scared to come out. It doesn't mean they agree with the government. But for example, um, another journalist from NIAC, like Nagar Mortazavi, just two days ago in New Chicago claimed that this is about Iranian women and this is about the morality police. When we very well know it's not, that's not pe what people are chanting. So thank you so much for giving the platform and covering this from the beginning to give us the ability to give the um, true voice, voice of Iranians, right? And not allow that misinformation spread any more than it already has. And we hope that we are able to change that narrative. What can be done is we have protests every weekend and um, we have posts, we have call to actions where we ask people to um, read an email draft that we have and send that to their senators and representatives because that's where we can make true change is through legislative work. And um, so we have emails or phone calls and bringing Americans together with the Iranian Americans is very effective because right now what Iran does is they're sending um, missiles and drones to Russia and the Pentagon and the White House has confirmed it in their um, war with Ukraine, right? Or um, other, their militia or people in, you know, Hezbollah or all of that. Iran is funding all of that. And, you know, for these bad actors to be gone is in absolute interest of the United States. And um, for Americans to come together to call out their senators and to representatives, not to call them out per se, because the Democratic Party, I'm a proud Democrat, and I have truly seen their support and I am appreciative of that. I just think there's more we can do. And so calling them and asking them what they're doing 
and what they're planning to do and how we can help the Iranian people and the world, frankly, to make this a better place to live and some more peace. Yeah. So uh, that that right there is key, because when you can give people an action to take, um, you know, that right there is what I've seen be some of the most effective ways of engaging people in the civic process. And uh, when you already know, OK, like here are some of the folks that we really need y'all to reach out to. Here are, you know, some of the, the things that we've been able to do or see some movement, at least or some solidarity, um, at least like kind of take place. Those kind of things are really beneficial to get people to understand it's not just on them, that they're now a part of a larger collective of folks that are saying no more and that are pushing back. So I want you to be able to look right there in that camera, let folks know how to connect with you, how they actually pr provide their energy toward this movement. Absolutely. I just want to give a disclaimer before I do that. Um, we condemn any kind of um, aggression, whether in words and action towards any journalist, because as a woman, I feel attacked by these journalists as well, right? T calling out and speaking on our behalf. But we also see um, organizations um, that are having events. For example, we were going to have Reza Aslan in here today or tomorrow, I believe, but it was canceled because many people... Um, ask that he not be interviewed here in Seattle because he's tied to the NIAC organization. But what, what I saw on the post to announce his cancellation was that we received threats of whatever, right, of disruption. This is not um, what we are, that's changing the narrative again, right? We don't know who called to do that, but the message we sent was that we don't want this person given a platform. So it's important to call out the people that are misinterpreting the situation as well mm -hmm. and accurately say we have people from the Iranian American community, from the American community that opposed his presence here. And as a result, we will respect their decision, not just, you know, that Iranian terrorist threats, bombs, this, that, you know, it's, they're so quick to come to that conclusion and to label people. Mm -hmm. And we just don't appreciate it because that's not what we call for. But if you would like to join us, it's, um, I usually share a lot of information on my Instagram, which is let's talk politics underscore before and after. I think they're going to have it on the screen for you as well. And, um, my, our Facebook Iranian Americans United, I share a lot of other accounts and information that are providing that, um, accurate information. So you're not fed with more misinformation that, uh, you know, some people that already have shared. So go ahead and follow me on my uh, Instagram on let's talk politics. And from there, I will share photos and um, accounts from other people. Um, so a call to action, anything that you might have, I usually have them on the stories like one or two. So we'd love to have you join us and uh, be a stronger voice for the Iranians demanding freedom. Ah, Sahar, thank you for your work and thank you for being here, bringing this to the day with Trey and to our audience. I think uh, when we talk about, you know, these kind of movements, there's a lot of folks that uh, fright, uh, fight systemic oppression and you are definitely one of them. So thank you so much for being a, a real um, example of, you know, what it means to really take, you know, these uh, issues to heart and take it all the way to bring people in so that we can have a more collective voice around this 
really appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me on. Truly, it's important to give a platform uh, to the activists and to people that are involved to relay the true message of what Iranians demand and what they want. So I appreciate you for covering the story from day one since it started. You guys have been very supportive um, and our community has been very supportive. The non-Iranian American community has been really supportive and it has created an impact and it is helping us. So please continue to do so. And we appreciate all the help and support you're giving our community. Oh, wow. Keep it up, Sahar. Great Thank work. You. Oh, my goodness, you guys. Uh, right after this, I mean, what, what an amazing discussion there with Sahar. Um, please make sure you guys are following uh, her page, checking in on how you can be engaged and be involved. It's another opportunity to see yourself as a part of the solution, of course. But uh, coming up next, we got Mr. Curtis Calhoun in the building, our resident life coach, giving us another real life or tip that we can use for our lives today. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this, y'all. You're watching The Day with Trey. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. Welcome back, everybody, to the day with Trey. That's right. Let's not forget, we're going to be at the Paramount Theater on the 24th and 25th. Excited to be back at the Paramount. We're going to be having live shows going on for the day with Trey and the Rewind with Besa. You guys want to make sure you guys check it out on our website at where we converge, www.whereweconverge.com backslash paramount and <laughs> make sure you guys go there to get your tickets i think we still have a few left for the live audience uh for y'all to join us there so make sure y'all are doing that and of course i can't forget about sabj they're going to be in the building on saturday with another segment for uh black voices matter this is a great opportunity for you to get a 12 dollar ticket for this amazing event as uh king fives joyce taylor speaks to essex porter uh giving his gems in his 43 years of journalistic career. Uh, so please make sure you guys tap in, get your tickets for that at SABJ online, you guys, uh, org. You guys want to make sure you guys, uh, get those $12 tickets because a portion of those proceeds are going to their general fund, which a portion of that is actually going into scholarships for young journalists. So make sure y'all are not just tuning in for some amazing content, but also giving to a great, uh, great opportunity for young folks to continue their career in journalism. But of course, right now I have the opportunity to sit down with Mr. Curtis Calhoun. What's up, Curtis? How are you, brother? Peace, Trey. Welcome back. It's been a minute. I know. I know. <laughs> I felt like, oh my gosh, has it been over a month or something? I hadn't More seen you in a while. Month. It's yeah, crazy. Like two months since you've done this That's show. That's crazy. Together, well, how are you, man? It's great to be back with you. I'm doing good and, and I hope you're doing good. You look like you're doing wonderful. Like that time off really did a good job for you. You know, it, it was 
was a lot of work. I got to tell you. I mean, even though it was my vacation, I was so grateful for the opportunity to expand on, you know, my skill set, right? Mm-hmm. And like kind of learn uh, in space. So, I, you know, shout out to Black Sacks for giving me that opportunity that's to, great. you know, tour with them. It was amazing, but oh, a lot of work. It was wow. real. So that's what I was doing. That's what I was out there doing. <laughs> you don't have man. to tell me yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to make sure we do a recap. Yeah. Uh, you know, let, let's go back a little bit here because yes. you've been sharing several tips and yeah. now it feels like we are more than halfway through these tips, right? And so let, let's just get a little bit of an overview of where we are today. Yeah. So this brings us to two thirds of the way through today. Wow. So we're, we'll be at number eight today. There's 12 total. It starts off with real lifers uh, give 110% at everything they do. Real lifers are 110% responsible for everything that happens in their life, especially what they think, feel, say, and do. Real lifers make their word bond and keep it impeccable. Real lifers pursue personal growth and development daily. Real lifers set an intention for the day every day. Real lifers are growth mindset oriented. And then number seven, the one before right now is real lifers are realistically positive and optimistic, uh, but are able to see all aspects of a situation. Wow, That's the one I missed right there. Yes. Oh, man. Deontay well, was here for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm glad. And he and he hit me up. He's like, man, you be having some hitters on this show. I'm like, I know because I know, you know, Mr. Calhoun's going to bring it every time. So that gets us up to Who's real Mr. life. Calhoun? But, what you talking well, about? Over I, was, I said that to him. I said that to oh, him. Okay. You know what I mean? I was, I was paying reference, you know? saying but i'm like look you know at the end of the day every time you're on all of these tips are things that people may have thought of already but maybe they're just not really implementing them in their lives what are we on today for tip number eight so today real is uh number eight is real lifers acknowledge who they are right now with ambitions to improve Mm -hmm. now this is it sounds simple but it's a tough one and it's a critical one because it involves kind of two parts right you got to first accept where you are right now, because if you don't accept where you are, you can't come up with a solution to the problem. A lot of the times we're in denial or we're in resistance to what's going on. So then we don't adequately think through a process or come up with a plan or a strategy to address what's actually going on. And then the second part with ambitions to improve. So knowing that I'm in this situation, I'm not stuck here. There's always an option. There's always ways out. There's always things I can do to deal with with what I'm going through right now. Yeah, no, this right here is real. I think uh, sometimes the hardest part is the acknowledgement piece, because, you know, to a certain degree, I think we see ourselves as, you know, the best version of ourselves all the time. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that's where we're at. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's that hard realization (laughs) of like, I I think about this for myself all the time. There's specific things I need to do to improve. And I know it. And every time I violate it, I go, there I go again. You Uh, know what I mean? And and for some odd reason, there are things that you say to yourself that give you comfortability with that violation when you know it's just really an outright violation, right? And it doesn't allow you to really be your best self every single day. So, you know, walk us through some of these points because there's there's things people got to do to get there, right? See? Absolutely. So I brought my healthy uh, cheat sheet here with me. The first 8.1 is know who you are today is not who you have to be tomorrow. Right. So and I think it goes back to that acceptance piece. It's important because until we accept who we are and we're comfortable with that, we can't be our authentic self or be genuine. But it's knowing that we don't have to be perfect. You know, I think I just put up a post last week and it's saying giving 100 100 percent doesn't mean giving 100 percent or giving your all doesn't mean giving 100 percent. It means giving all you can in the moment. You may only have 35 percent to give, but give the whole 35. It doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. Doesn't mean it's going to come out perfect. 
but I'm here. I'm going to show up and I'm going to give you all I can right now. Yeah, that's really key. I, 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 so much of this is about giving grace to ourselves, too, yes. because yes. in those times, yo, like, yes, we are constantly improving. Really, if we're really yeah. like on a pathway yeah. of growth and progression, there's going to always be this level of me that like, OK, I'm doing well, but I'm always looking to yes. how I can do better. But I think, you know, somebody uh, shared with me, you also got to, you know, celebrate your successes now, too. Every and so day. that's a part of that acknowledgement. That's a great one. What's the next point, see? All right. Next one is 8.2. Never be satisfied with your current reality. Always be working towards your ideal, better, or real self. So this is what you just mentioned, right? So we are here. We accept that fact, but we know this is where we want to be. So there's work that needs to be done to get from here to there. And I'm always doing the work and making sure that I'm progressing to where I want to be and not being stuck or getting too comfortable where I'm at. And I won't say when I was less successful, but, you know, at, at a time when you kind of at the bottom trying to really struggle and make your way up to the top, it's easy because every day you wake up hungry. It's like a boxer, right? The the lion or the, the tiger coming up the mountain is always hungrier than the tiger on top of the mountain. Yeah, true. Right. So when you get that kind of to that place of comfortability, it becomes more difficult. Be like, yeah, I, I got to stretch and, and get out of my comfort zone or, you know, do what's necessary to get to the next level. But it feels good here. Right. You know, I, I don't want to have to, you know, the body and the mind trick you, play tricks on you and say, no, nah, I don't want to go to that place where I, I get uncomfortable, which causes me to stretch and grow. Yeah, no, that that plateauism <laughs> is real, right? Absolutely. I mean, you hit a plateau. I think about it for working out. You know, you're like, all right, man, I done lost like 20 pounds. I'm exactly. good. Like, all right, you know, exactly. but you hit a plateau. And, and at some point, there's also this layer of, I think, not just comfortability, but uh, this layer of like, you know what? This is what works. This level right here mm-hmm. is what works, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you get to that point where you're like, no, nah, I got to push more at this point. I got to kind of get over that hump. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. It's, it's the plateauing, man, that I, can get us there. I'll give you a real life example yesterday. Right. Mm-hmm. So I know in a couple of weeks we're going to be coming up on eating healthy and eating the right thing. So yeah. I had to lose some weight because I was kind of the stomach. I was looking at some of the pictures, stomach sticking out. So I've lost about 20 pounds. Oh, you know, nice. I'm bound to the lowest I've been in about five years. But guess what I did last night? Hey, like three candy bars. Yeah, see? I said, I'm good. I, I, you know, like you said, I, I'm right. good. I know I, what I'm doing now. I can go ahead and splurge a little bit. Three, knocked out three. You know I shouldn't have done it. Right. <laughs> see, that's what it is right there. See, I'm telling you. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was like, you know what? I, I've changed a lot of my eating habits. I'm good on certain things. Okay, I can kind of go here. I can kind of go there. I understand it completely, <laughs> man. What was 8.3? Where we at? <laughs> 8.3 is create environments that produce situations to optimize your growth and success. Right. So and a lot of us, again, we get to that place where we don't like being uncomfortable. And that's one of the things that I share all the time is get comfortable being uncomfortable because that's where the growth takes place. And that's what helps you get to the next level. So we get to that place where we don't want to do that and it hurts us. So we don't put ourselves in situations where there's opportunities for growth because we're trying to avoid that uncomfortableness. I was told a long time ago, always say yes. When you're asked to do something, say yes. Even whether you know how to do it or not, whether you have the skills, ability, the resources to do it, say yes, because you'll figure it out between then and the time you have to do it. But if you don't, you miss out on the opportunity to stretch yourself and grow and become the better person. And that's the whole thing of real life is to become your best self. And that's the, the North Star, the thing that's always driving us every day. You know, uh, my real life example of that is literally going on tour with Black Sacks, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, you know what? We've seen you. You're great. You know, you're a great organizer. 
organizer. I'm like, I am, but I've never done road management mm-hmm. before, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know the transit systems in Europe. I, you know, there was so much learning on mm-hmm. the ground mm-hmm. that I had to do. And I just want to give a whole shout out to their entire team for, you know, working with me through that because there were times where I'm like, wait a minute, what? We got to go to what platform? What train? What, you know, oh, well, man, we're going the wrong way. Oh, wait, we can get on any train. Uh-huh. Like, there was so much learning in mm-hmm. that time frame. But I literally said to them, man, this is an opportunity for me to excel. Yes. And and it came uh, like right. The, the, I said yes before I think my dad even passed. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm but the all the logistics weren't quite there. So then after dad passed, I'm like, are you sure? I was like, man, my dad would want, you know, he would roll over right now in his grave if I did not take this opportunity to expand. <laughs> right. Yeah, come and so and so, <laughs> I, you know, you're so right about that. You know, you have to be willing to kind of step out on uncharted waters yeah, yeah. in order for you to even figure out how you can chart those waters mm-hmm. and take those lessons back. So mm-hmm. I agree with that 100 yeah. percent. I mean, see, when we talk about, you know, all of these before we go on, I have a question. Yeah, for you. Now the coach is coming out. Of yeah, me, right? please. So how do you feel coming back now? though? Oh, yeah. No, what does it feel like now? Yeah. No. Right? Like now I'm like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Right. Like, like now confident. I have. Yeah, yeah. Because I have the experience, exactly. like you said, mm-hmm. of doing it mm-hmm. and being like, all right, I had to do it. I had to learn in the moment. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody was to ask me to do it again, I'm like, you know what? I know X, Y, Z, especially if we're in this region. Okay, and if we're not, now I know how to research even better to be prepared for a new region, right? So there's so much that I was able to take away from that. And you said it twice, learning in the moment. Yeah. See, we're used to school and being there at the desk, having time to figure out the problem or at our desk doing homework, but life happens in the moment. And a lot of our learning happens in the moment. Yes. And you have to be able to figure it out quickly. But if you don't already have a program instilled to be able to help you have a process to go through that, it makes it difficult. Yeah. And and, and it went back so much of it went back to like spiritual practices for me because mm-hmm. it was yes. like in the midst of chaos, you know, we're there and the train workers go on strike. We're like, what? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, total some of these scenarios, I couldn't even make it up. Right. Yeah. But it's like in the midst of all of that my peace was like holding me down. Mm-hmm. And that was like, oh, this, I'm going to build off of lessons that I'm already doing, exactly. right? Exactly. To allow me to really be adaptable in these situations. So, I mean, again, it goes back to your your real life or tipsy. Like this one right here is really a, a great one because we do have to acknowledge where we are, mm-hmm. but that also helps us understand opportunities we have to grow, mm-hmm. right? If we're really being real about yep. that for ourselves. So yep. I always a gem. <laughs> Man, you're always dropping the gems here, C. Make sure the folks know right there how they can catch up with you. All right. Appreciate it. Well, you can catch up with me at CurtisCalhoun.com. And then on all the social media platforms and LinkedIn is Curtis R. Calhoun. Uh, Reach out. Hit me up. I'll definitely respond. Yeah, absolutely. What a, what a great one. We appreciate you and all the work you're doing. Thank you, Trey. Appreciate you. Absolutely. You guys, uh, what a great show. Uh, stay tuned just real quick. I know we're over time, but stay tuned. After this short break, I do have an update. I want to make sure folks hear about right after this short break. You're watching The Day with Trey. Get ready, everyone. October 24th and 25th, Conversion Media is heading right back to the Paramount Theater. Join me, Basil Gordon, Eric Calligraphy, Trey Holiday, and the entire Conversion Media family as we once again broadcast live with conversations on art, culture, mental health, community issues, and more. Trust me, you won't want to miss a single moment. Head over to wherewecanverge.com for more information, and we will see you October 24th and 25th, streaming live across all Converge Media Platforms. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the David Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I want to thank you guys for watching. And of course, and a huge shout out to my guest today, Sahar Amini. Uh, you know, she is doing the work on the ground to make sure that we are informed about what's going on there in Iran. And she's absolutely right. It always has rippling effects uh, for us here on American soil. So it's not like, oh, that's not our problem. No, it is. And, uh, and ultimately, uh, when we see that, you know, people are freed to live as they choose to live is always better than people living in oppressive systems and oppressive states. So I'm just so grateful that she was able to bring her brilliance here to the show today. Make sure you guys reach out to her. Uh, let's talk politics underscore on the back end and front in there on Instagram. Check her out and get connected to the take action items that she has so you can be a part of the solution. Of course, I want y'all to be inspired. And of course, you know, big C in the building, man. Huge shout out to Curtis Calhoun, our resident life coach for being here for Think It Through Thursday. He's always dropping the gems for us to think it through. Make sure you guys check him out. Go to his social media platforms. Get connected to him as a life coach because clearly he's giving us gems here, but he does so much more for his clientele to really help you through these processes and understanding how to be accountable to all of these real life or tips. A huge shout out to them both for being here today. And I want to give uh, another shout out to Reverend Harriet Walden, always so on top of it in the community. Uh, today, they are going to be holding space at the Liberty Bank Building community room for anybody who wants to just be in community. As we keep dealing with gun violence rising in our community, it's important that we find ways to heal together. It's important that we find opportunities to connect and discuss where we're feeling, how we're, where, how all of this affects us, right? Like, I mean, I heard about, you know, Devon yesterday through my family chat, through my spiritual group chat, another text message coming through, me and Omari texting back and forth. I mean, you know, the, there's always a ripple effect when we lose someone in our community and someone like Devon, who had such a, a, a huge platform and a, a real pillar, again, with the postman creating jobs, all of the things that he was doing as a coach on the CD Panthers, he just gave so much of himself to community. And I again, I send a huge shout out to Kiana, to the entire family, to everyone who knew him. This is a huge loss for us in community. And I just really appreciate that Reverend Walden and others will be holding space right there at the Liberty Bank building from 1230 today until 4 p.m. If you guys need to get connected, you know, get a hug, be around some other folks, come be masked up, be safe. But, you know, you know, use your hand sanitizer and all of that because COVID is still real. But I, I just love that they are just saying, look, we are just going to have the space open. No major agenda, just holding space for those who want to be in community. Make sure you guys go there. Uh, check out, you know, how others are, are you know, dealing with this. Uh, oftentimes there is so much power in us healing together and getting through losses like this together. So uh, thank you so much, Reverend Walden, for, you know, uh, making sure I knew that that was going on today. So I I could share it with all of you. And of course, you guys know my thing is to see yourself as a part of the solution. Devon made sure he did that in a multitude of ways. And that's why I'm always here to uplift that the, the fact that 
It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're doing something to move progress forward, to be impactful in your community, to be engaged in the civic process, to make sure that others around you are informed and engaged, like those are the things that really help you to be a part of the solution. So, you know, be inspired, you all, you know, be inspired by the life uh, of folks like Devon, be inspired by Sahara Mini, who was here today, be inspired by Curtis Calhoun for you all to see yourself as a part of the solution. And for me, until tomorrow at 11 a.m., peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.